Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. And welcome. It's a 10 o'clock hour, our open home hour. We throw the doors open to anything you, the Arizona homeowner, want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. You can join the conversation at one 767 Four three four eight one triple eight Rosie for you. Text questions. Oh, um, when you call that number, there's an auto attendant. Hit number one, and that'll bypass the message and get you into the studio faster. And then text questions can be sent to four one one nine two three, or you can drop an email to info at rosieonthehouse dot com. All the ways we try and make it easy to get you the answers you might have about any maintenance remodeling or repair project you've got around the house so we're here for you rosie on the house as we have been for the last 32 years you got a little bit of follow-up over the course of this past week little odds and ends that keep dribbling in people want to be followed up with this or that there were some questions about a some roof work that somebody wanted to know their drip edge was kind of buried in the stucco reveal and wanted to know, is that a particular problem? That's where pictures come in so easy, which we didn't have years ago. Uh, You can just write back to him and say, shoot me a picture and let me see what you're dealing with. And boy, that, you know how many miles a week that saves my (laughs) F-150? Probably a lot. A lot. And time and hours. Oh, my good out, goodness. Out on the road and whatnot. Um, did you have some follow-up there that you wanted to get to? You know, I had a really interesting one. This one, it was an email that came from Annapolis. Okay. On an article we wrote 20 years ago. Okay. And it's, if I let a building inspector into my home, will he look for unrelated problems? And I don't know if... You know, that goes yeah, outside of Arizona. I have no idea, but he was obviously looking for something because he was trying to do the right thing, got a permit for some work he was doing when they came in to inspect to make sure it was good. They tried to slap him with all kinds of yeah. things that yeah. were fine when the home was built 50 years yes. ago. Yeah. It's all changed, and so it's completely unrelated. So this one has some pending follow-up to do, but that was extremely interesting, and it's always funny to see on the Internet of machine thing, like you are saying, we didn't have pictures when we started. We didn't get calls from Annapolis, Maryland, from people searching on, <laughs> online trying to find answers to this as well. Romy, on that topic in particular, uh, we better put a red flag on that sheet of paper and root it back to my desk. Because if we have an article 20 years old on that topic, we need to make sure the information's updated. Because from 20 years ago, the answer to that question has changed. Right. Whereas 20 years ago, if you wanted something done at your home and you pulled a building permit, uh, most inspectors throughout Arizona and the municipalities here in the building departments would pretty much limit their observation to the work area. But now there's code requirements that actually make them look at new areas. And the one that jumps out at my mind the most 
are fire sprinklers. And I'll just mm. pick City of Scottsdale as one example, although all municipalities do it. I'm most familiar with what they do in Scottsdale. You have to have a very specific type of smoke detector in your home. It must be hardwired. They have, where it used to be, you could have one in the kitchen, one in the garage, and one in the hall outside the bedrooms. Now there has to be one in many more locations. And it has to be different styles. And they all have to be interconnected. So if one goes off, they all go off. All of that must be put on one designated circuit. So it used to be if you were going to pull an electrical permit, they would slap this overriding requirement on you. So if you were going to relocate an electrical receptacle in the hall bathroom and you wanted a simple over-the-counter electrical permit to move a junction box, they would enforce you to bring the entire smoke detection system in your home up to code. And you think, okay, well, it sounds like a good thing, and it is a good thing. But if you're going to pay an electrician to come into your house and establish a designated circuit, wire all the smoke and fire detectors that are now required, you're looking at something in the neighborhood of about two thousand dollars i wonder if there's been i wonder if there's been a reduction in requests for over-the-counter small electrical permits (laughs) so the answer to that question has changed i need to i need to go in there and make sure we'll save this one okay um lou writes in and i really don't want to this is a very long one i'm not going to highlight but what i wanted to highlight here was something that I am very proud of because I've wanted it this way a long time. Writes yeah. in a very long, I mean, this is one yeah. page on this yeah. side, at uh, 1.37 p.m. and gets a response by 3.45 p.m. Okay. So our response time on the email, I wanted to highlight that, has, uh, where sometimes it could be, you know, two days because we get such a big volume, but we've got some increased uh, help at the Capacity. office. And, yeah, we wanted to congratulate the team and highlight that. Thank you, Carol. <laughs> Happy to do it. It's yeah. one of my favorite parts of the week. Oh, man. And then uh, this other homo wants to move a gas stove back against the wall, but the pipe that's coming out is too high, so they need the gas pipe moved to get their stove gas stove in yeah. place and wants to know who to call well that's actually you don't think of it but that's the, in in a state where we don't have nearly the amount of gas as other parts of the country but that's actually a plumber is who has the license to do the gas fitting get that get that new rough in so, location to accomodate the new piece of equipment go to rosieonthehouse.com select certified partner put in your zip code select plumbing and then you'll get the list of the plumbers that are on that have made it through our screening process as it relates to, you know, how far away from you they are. Geolocation. Uh, Solar panels. This was an interesting one because, you know, at the end of the year, the tax credit then changes and it goes down. Um, So if you've ever considered going solar, now is a great time. And we've got um, 
Lauren and Green Valley wanted to know if Sun Valley Solar's solutions will travel. Well, they, they go statewide. Um, so that's a, a they great did. benefit. They did one of my favorite places to stay in Sonoya, the Baba Kamari Ranch. Yeah. <laughs> and I was so happy to pull up at Baba Kamari and there's Sun Valley Solar's label all over the electric panel. And that's a lot harder to get to than Green well, Valley. That's a lot, yeah. That's a little more remote for sure. So if you've thought of going solar, you can at least get the paperwork started now. And as long as you get to a certain point in your the process, you'll apply for the larger tax credit that I think it drops down to 26 after. And then I think at the end of next year, it goes away. You're right on 26 next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, what I like is when someone gives us an alert about scams. I had a lady call and this week and said that she had a, a roofer knock on her door and say, hey, you have damage on your roof. I'm on, my alarms are already going off. And so she signed contract. Now alarms are really and going off. And then she thought, you know what? I should check with Rosie. Bless her. So she called the office and she said, uh, what do you think about this person? I said, well, we don't comment on people we don't know. But there are some things that concern me, and here are our guys. You know, and these guys have been thoroughly vetted. You can trust them. So she decided to cancel it. And so when she canceled, sent the email, they said, oh, we'll give you three more days to think about it. Now alarms are really <laughs> And then day on. six comes up, and it's a Sunday, and she's panicking. So Monday she sends an email and says, I'm going to cancel this. And, they, and the next email back was, when can we be there? And so she was concerned. And, and the insurance, it was an insurance claim, and the insurance company just sent her the money. No questions asked. Yeah. And so. Which is uh, a good insurance company. I know, right? <laughs> but how often does that happen? Of course. And now this time she, so, but anyway, I, I did do a little research on the company she hired. They've only been in business less than a year. Um, they knocked on the door. You know, I said, I, we always tell people, don't answer, don't answer the door to a salesman. Unsolicited. It's unsolicited that you have, that tells you what's wrong with your stuff. So yeah, anyway. It's, it's like the call we had last or, week during the show. Uh, unsolicited, uh, a homeowner in surprise was trying to be sold a bunch of radiant barrier that was going to be thrown up in his attic. And thank goodness he called before he considered it. We still get those guys knocking on our door for the hailstorm that happened in... 11. Yeah. and Not sc- 10 years ago? Scams, <laughs> scams, scams are prevalent. Utility companies now are putting out warnings. Yes. Uh, you know, Can I just say, too, though, that I told her we do have a document that tells you how to choose a contractor, and that is information is in there, so it's on the website. Be careful who you hire. And, yeah, now SRP uh, put out a warning, too, for scams because people are calling and saying, hey, you're delinquent. Give me a prepaid card. They're getting all kinds of information. They will not call you. They will not call you. You call them. The utility company will not call right, you. Right, right. So yeah. you, you hang up. You call the utility company. There you go. No shortage of scams, that's for sure. There's people that make a living sending ideas to other people, public relations officers, and we get tons of unsolicited emails. Yes, we Here, do. we want you to talk about this story. Here, we want you to talk about that story. Or, you know, I work for this company, and you know, we, we, I couldn't tell you how many different public relation companies have our email address and constantly sending us stuff. Um, and it's always interesting to see story suggestion ideas. And... One that we got this week was a new one, but um, how to build a panic room. <laughs> Have you, do you know what a panic room is? Like a place to go barricade yourself oh. inside your home. <laughs> oh, we've, 
We, we've built them for clients. <laughs> so that's that's the first time we've ever gotten that suggestion. So you can always tell what's kind of trending out there going up. <laughs> and reading through the article, though, that, that they had sent us on what they wanted to talk about, I'm like, this this isn't even in the... It, it was funnier that we got the topic uh, than any relevant information that was in the article. Romy, you were complimenting the staff earlier about our response time to emails. Uh, a big part of that is a, a new addition on the team. I don't know how long we've got her, but boy, I'm going to keep her as long as I can. We've got another family member that joined the work team at Rosie on the House. Uh, me and uh, sweet Jennifer's, uh, can I call you baby Carol? Our baby girl. I'd rather not, uh, but not. I'll, I'll live. Sweet little Carol Gracie joined us. Uh, very fortunate to have her. And folks, um, we run, or I run, a little home remodeling company. And it, it's a little company. Not like the one I had in the 90s. Um, and one of the first questions Carol asked me when she started working at the company, she says, uh, Dad, your remodeling company doesn't even have a website. <laughs> So I said, well, we're as busy as we want to be. We, I don't want a 100-employee remodeling company again. We're just the way we want to be. But she took it upon herself to kind of pick up the website. And uh, I guess we're going to get ready to launch here in the next week. Rosie, Remod Rosie Wright Remodeling will have its website. So thank you, Carol, for that, as long as we're passing thank yous around. Buckeye sent out a tweet. The city of Buckeye has their own tweeter and whoever focuses on their tweeter thing had a, actually a pretty cool thing uh you're gonna use oil for thanksgiving i know i am i'm deep frying oh yeah, we are deep frying more than <laughs> we deep frying a few <laughs> well that you can call their number and schedule a drop-off to bring your cooking oil to them now my cooking oil is left over from last year you can i, I never get rid of the cooking yeah, if you oil. Don't, just you let don't it burn it cool yeah. off Pour it back in, put it in the... It's seasoned. Cup. Yeah, it's seasoned. Pre-seasoned, baby. Every now and then you might have to add a little bit more the next year. Or every two or three years, add a little bit more. But if you're not somebody that saves your cooking oil or you burnt it, you can call the city of Buckeye and, and schedule a place... You know, I'm not sure where, I but, what but where to drop off. It. But you know, and they're saying you know, pouring it down your drain can lead to clogs. That's, that's uh, bad. That's bad. And an example of that... Isn't necessarily oil, but one of my water online publications had an article out this week. 10,000 gallon waste water spill caused by flushable wipes in Michigan. Mm. As if Flint didn't already have enough problems with their water. Now they got 10,000 gallons of sewage because of these disposable, quote unquote, flushable. wipes. Flushable. Flushable wipes. Flushable, thank you. That... Uh, <laughs> Actually, it was up closer to Traverse City. It's a little farther north than Flint. But don't put anything down the drain but toilet paper and water. That was a big part of our of our <laughs> blog and follow-up from last week as oh, well. So 10,000. How would you like to be on that cleanup crew? No, thank you. No, I saw, <laughs> I saw Mike Road do a septic pumping station cleanup in San Francisco, and that convinced me. 
That convinced me I want to stay above ground. <laughs> yeah, that, on that note about San Francisco, I was walking downtown near the Embarcadero, and you mentioned the cooking oil. And I'm about two blocks away. I'm like, boy, that smells good. It smells like French fries. Turned out it was a bus that was using biofuel made of cooking oil. Sure. It's got a pleasant smell, better than <laughs> carbon dioxide. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So one more little holiday news thing here. As of the 16th of the month, you can get your, your tree cutting permit, recreation.gov, if you want to go cut down your own Christmas tree in Tonto National Forest. Oh, you needed a permit for that? <laughs> yes, Gary, oh. you need a permit for that. Okay. Why'd you say my name? And those and those always sell out. Yeah. They always sell out. So uh, watch for it and get one early and use it as an excuse. Take. To get up, get out, and enjoy Arizona. And find something, whether it's a plastic pipe or a stick big enough, you know, get the size you want and take a stick that tall with you. Because when you go out there, it's amazing how... Uh, it's very you... relative, <laughs> right? <laughs> Don't cut anything taller than this because you get out there and you're like, oh, yeah, that, no, that's perfect size. You can cut it down you're 20 feet tall and you're like, it didn't seem that tall out there. No, it doesn't stand next to a 100-foot ponderosa. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Carol, you want to talk quickly about what you're doing with Facebook? Absolutely. So November 23rd through December 11th, we're going to be hosting a countdown to the holidays. If you follow our Facebook page, you're going to get access to e-store featured items on our new user-friendly e-store website. You're going to get three-minute tips from Rosie on our YouTube channel. You're going to get access to our certified partner list that's going to help you get your home ready for this holiday season. You're not going to want to miss it. Follow our Facebook at Rosie on the House. Building out that staff to build out our capacity to deliver information in a way that's easy, convenient, and effective for you, the Arizona homeowner. And you'd mentioned videos. That is something that we've kind of had it slated on our to-do. One thing I hate about videos is the, the recording time and then the editing time. I'm like, radio, you come in for three hours, you turn on the mic, you're done. That's three hours. You know how long it takes to do three hours of video or three minutes of video, much less takes longer than that. So, But we've known we've needed to do that. And... Our YouTube channel has surpassed 1,000 subscribers now. We have we, we don't post a lot there, but we, you know, that's part of next year's goal. Is there'll be a lot more of our tips and content during the week will be condensed, you know, three-minute tips and uh, you know. So our YouTube, thank you for all of you that uh, have subscribed and followed along. I think our our highest video is up over 200,000 views now. You've got a home improvement dilemma. Give us a ring at 1-888-767-4348. When you hear the auto attendant, press 1. That's one rosie for you And welcome back to Rosie on the House. This is the time of the show where we generally reach in and we take a look at what was the number one question y'all were asking us during the week, either at the office, by phone, or over the internet. And the question has to do with new technology this particular week. You've noticed there's been a big change in light bulbs 
in the last five years. We had the evolution of the CFL. Uh, uh, of course, before that, we had the halogen. Uh, and now we've got the LEDs. And they're not rated like they used to be rated. So the question is, what's the difference between a watt and a lumen? Because now as you're shopping for those new bulbs, you, you see things like lumens and you see things like Kelvin information, uh, whether the light bulb is dimmable or not. Historically, you would decide what level of light you want this lamp to produce. And you would use your experience to decide if that was going to be a 20, a 40, a 60, a 80, 100, or 150 watt light incandescent bulb. The higher the wattage, the more light it would give. Well, when we quit using watts to determine the brightness of a bulb, we started using the term lumen. Okay? So, you now... you. Most of the packaging includes kind of a, if you buy this 325 lumen bulb, you'll be getting roughly the light of an old-fashioned 25-watt incandescent bulb. It's how much light the bulb is capable of producing. And on average, in an incandescent bulb, uh, you get 78 lumens per watt. So where you're used to buying 25 and 50 watt bulbs, now you're going to be buying 300 and 700 lumen bulbs. But I don't want you to be mistaken that that is requiring more power. These bulbs producing those lumens can in some times, in some cases, be using a fourth or a fifth as much electricity as the old condescent bulb. The one thing about the old condescent bulb, what it was good at doing, was producing lots of heat. <laughs> uh, it produced more heat than it produced light. And what we're getting with these new varieties of light is much less heat, and we just gotta learn how to buy them. And then many of the new technologies have to get through a level of evolution where they're truly dimmable. Those of us that are used to, uh, we, would, we would install 150-watt bulbs in everything and then just control the amount of light we want in the room or the mood we want in the room to all be dictated by wherever we set the dimmer. Many of the new technology lights require either special dimmers or a higher grade of dimmer, but in fact, and they must be rated dimmable. So... We're able to light our house now, your house, a typical home, using less than half the energy it used to take if you, in fact, have done the conversion. If an incandescent bulb burns out, I would ask you to consider looking at the new technology bulbs. I think you'll be happier. I think you'll be saving money in the long run. Whereas a 100-watt bulb... We could expect to get maybe a 1,000 hours out of it, maybe, depending on how many times you turn it on and off. Some of these other new evolution of bulbs are virtually lifetime, six, eight, ten thousand 10,000 hours of consumption and not generating near the heat. 
So just that's the one lesson that uh, it, the, the question was, what's the difference between watts and lumens? So I felt like we needed to address that and get that out on the air. October hit a uh, 14-year high in home sales nationwide, the lowest mortgage rate in 50 years. In Arizona, homes are selling in 12 days average at 11% overselling price and has dropped inventory availability by 21%. So just uh, don't get crazy out there. We all saw what happened when we got crazy 14 years ago <laughs> with with real estate and buying homes that were artificially overpriced. I don't think the mortgage companies have loosened the standards up <laughs> to as loose as they were back then, where you could literally buy a home on what was called stated income. They wouldn't even verify your income. If you just stated you made $150,000 a year, they would qualify you and not even verify that. <laughs> stated income. So it has- I, I bought several houses on stated income. Still got them. <laughs> The state record in Arizona for a home sale is $24.1 million, and there's a new property that got listed for $27.5 if sold, will be the newest highest-selling home on record in the uh, McDowell Mountain area in Scottsdale. But that is not the highest-priced zip code in the state. Well, what would you think would be the highest-priced zip code in all of Arizona? I would say 8525. Three. Eight. Am I right? Yeah. Okay. Good job. Ah. Nailed it. Paradise, Paradise Valley. Valley. Yeah. It, in a new survey done by Realty Hop, they did the hot 100 highest, uh, most expensive zip codes. Of course, you know, California and New York dominated it. The top 100 zip codes were dialed down to 11 states, and Arizona had one on that listing coming in at number 52, 85253 Paradise Valley, or the median price. And 2020 is 2.2 million. Part of the reason is there's a code requirement in Paradise Valley. Your house has to be on one acre. So, so you've got to have lot so, land size. Yeah. So you're if you're buying the acre, you're starting at three quarters to a million to a million right Already. there. <laughs> before you move your mobile home on the lot. <laughs> Well, and then uh, you, you said mobile home on the lot. There's you know certain standards of what the housing is oh, yeah, yeah. on decent. that as well. <laughs> We've got uh, Monty on the line and Tempe who wants to join the conversation at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. Welcome to the program. How may we help you? Uh, yeah, this. Uh, I was wondering. I have. Uh, I've been in my house for fifty years. And recently, I called my AC man. I've been with them a couple decades, and uh, the AC quit. So I called. They came out, and for three hours, he literally diagnosed and and try was trying to figure out why the air quit. So after three hours, he says, "Well, I don't know why it quit, but it 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 started going again." And I said, "Well, I've been in this house for fifty years." I said, and that's never happened for the last hundred times because my outage, you know, it's gone out at least two times every year for the last 50 years. <laughs> so I, I don't, it, 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 he wasn't able to give me an answer, and that kind of bothered me if I needed to get a new AC man. I don't know, Monty. How old is your current air conditioning unit? 
it, it's it's um, it's about fifteen years. Okay. It's, yeah. Well, it's it, a decade and a half, and they put they put in the new unit, and I've been happy with them until okay. this happened because when they came out, Rosie for you know, and it and he spent three hours trying to figure out why it went out, and then he says to me, "Well, he said the only thing I could come up with is that maybe." you had an outage. And I, I said, well, I did. And he, and he goes, you did. And I go, yeah. I, I said, if you would ask me that in the beginning, are you telling me that you wouldn't have had to come out and get it going again? I mean, it's, it's just a mixed up deal. It, he, it's like, I, I can't get an, a, you know, an answer for my question. So this is a, this is an air conditioning unit in your home. You had a power outage. The power came back on and your unit would not restart? Am I understanding this correctly? Right. No, it, let's see. So the my air conditioning, it was blowing warm. So okay. I called them up. Okay. All right. So they came out, but nothing was ever discussed about power outage okay. until after three hours that he worked on the house. So I said to him, I said, well, it, it I've had power outages for the last yeah. 50 years, at least two times a year. Why didn't it go out then? You know what, Monty, I'm going, uh, I'm going to need uh, some more information. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on hold and I'll, I'll pick you up off air and we'll, we'll finish visiting about this. Cause I, uh, for some reason, Rosie's mind hasn't got it straight yet. What really went wrong um, uh, and I don't think I'd be a, upset that he didn't ask. Yeah, I, a, technician, I don't know that you... <laughs> a technician generally wouldn't show up and say if you had a power outage. That wouldn't be the first question they'd ask, that's for sure. No, if, if it one... Might, it if, might come up quicker than three hours, but... <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that part of it. And then you ask, why hasn't it happened over the, you know, in the past 50 years I've had power outages? Well, you know, when we have... Bob Ross from Lightning Busters on one of the services he has is whole home surge protectors yeah. because, uh, you know, to control spikes in electricity coming in. And one of those big spikes because after the power's out to recharge all those lines takes a big push of electricity. Well, maybe this surge was just bigger than any other ones in the past. Um, you know, th there's a number of different things that could cause a surge like a transformer getting crashed into and something like that so I, I wouldn't worry over that necessarily but we'll we'll dive into a little deeper with you money and one of the things uh, i'd like all the homeowners to listen is is if you have a relationship with a service provider that goes back 20 years and you're not happy with uh, a prognosis or an invoice or something i guess my first question would be is this is this a new technician uh, you've got a long-standing relationship with the company. No company wants to lose a good partner, a good a good customer. Uh, maybe it's time to ask for a second opinion from that same company. Uh, that might be the second thing you might want to do. We'll we'll have a little more follow up, and if we've got an answer by next Saturday, that'll be in the follow up. If not, the one after that. See if we can't help uh, identify what what knocked it out and. We appreciate the call. We've got uh, one final segment here in our outdoor. Uh, one final segment coming up here at Rosie on the house.
Hey, speaking of great places to eat, when you think about hiking Arizona and eating around Arizona, who's the first person that comes to your mind? <laughs> Boots and Burgers. Roger Naylor. Roger Naylor. RogerNaylor.com. He's got a new book out, Arizona Scenic, uh, Arizona Scenic Roads and Hikes. And it just also happens to feature locally owned hamburger joints all across the state of Arizona. So he kind of tied two books in together in one here? Yes, or? he did. Yes, he did. His new book, Arizona Scenic Roads and Hikes. There isn't a book he's got out that I don't page through on a frequent basis. RogerNaylor.com, if y'all want to take a look at it. He's got some real secret spots in some really out-of-the-way areas. Yuma, Cottonwood, Superior, Prescott, Sierra Vista, they're all there. So another another great opportunity to get out and enjoy Arizona. And you can also do that at ArizonaStaycation.com. We've got our Sanderson Ford Staycation. You can sign up and register there. We have already drawn for December, but you can enter now for drawing in January, and that's to Lake Havasu. And you're like, why Lake Havasu? In the wintertime, wouldn't you go in the summer when you can boat? Well, when we designed that calendar, it was all around events, and they have the big hot air balloon show in Lake Havasu. I haven't heard if it's on or off yet, but the staycation and alignments were already lined up. So regardless, it'll be a great time to get out. Anytime's a good time to go to Havasu, (laughs) really. Let's get to Jeff. wants to talk about cold air coming out of his heater. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, Zee, it's uh, always a pleasure to talk to you. I've been listening to you for a long time. I learn something every time I listen to you. And uh, I learned that it's been four years since I've had any red meat, so the burger thing kind of <laughs> got me uh, got me hankering here. But uh, maybe, you know, yeah. even way back, there was the best burger I had a long time ago was a place called Ed DeBevick's, if you remember oh, that. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They had a great one. But anyway, so it was. So anyway, since it started to get a little cooler outside, um, obviously my heater's not running, but as I walk through the house, I can feel cold air kind of coming out of the vents with nothing turned on. Now, I do have an EVAP uh, on the roof in addition to my gas pack unit, and I'm wondering if it's leaking through the EVAP into the ductwork, and if so, how do I stop that? Yeah, it very well could be. Generally, what the what we did, Jeff, is when we used to install those evap coolers connected to the same ductwork as an air conditioner, we'd put what's called a cookie sheet underneath the evap cooler that you would slide in when the evap cooling season was done, just so you wouldn't get backdrafting through there. But what what you're feeling is exactly that in the cooler mornings uh, it, at, at my house. If I sit in one particular chair in the breakfast room I, with the air conditioner not on, you can feel a small little cooler draft coming out of the ceiling register right down the back of your neck. So that's exactly what you're experiencing. Uh, you can tarp your evap cooler, which very well may uh, cut down on that. Just get a good uh, canvas tarp. Wrap it around the outside of the vap cooler. Uh, it'll it'll help you know, drain it, get it all cleaned out for the winter. Let it sit empty. Let it sit dry all winter long, and then cover it. They actually uh, Phoenix Tent and Awning actually makes covers for them with elastic 
pulls at the bottom, you can just tie them off. That'd be another way you could probably try and solve and help that as well. I thought what he was going to ask, go ahead. Well, you're talking about <laughs> the uh, peat pack. There's just been there's just been one or two cool mornings, but it hasn't been cold enough yet in the Phoenix area to make that happen. So if you have an electric heater, yeah. um, it's it feels like it's blowing cold air, but it's not. It's still warm air. It's just not the hot heat you would think. If and there's you're used a, to a gas furnace. There's right. a few hours in the wee dawn of the morning. Yeah. If it gets down under, you know, let's say around 35, 34, that it just doesn't have that hot air feel. But it's still blowing out warm air. And it's it, it is heating your house. It just it, it, slowly. It, it feels cold, <laughs> <Slowly>. but <laughs> it's lower it, than your body temperature. A heat right. pump, a heat pump will only spit air out of the register at about ninety or ninety two degrees. So when you put your hand up there, you think, "Why is my heater blowing cool air?" Ninety two will warm your house up to seventy six or seventy eight, whatever you got it. But it takes a long time, and with a heat pump, never touch your thermostat in the winter you cannot heat your house up in the early morning when you wake up or heat up the bathroom early when you go in in the morning set the temperature and just leave it alone and again that's that's why i like that's really only (laughs) when it gets below 35 which we have very few of those days wet wet does the same thing which hopefully we'll see again nothing yeah right (laughs) that would be nice yeah uh, Belgar, we had somebody trying to find their new design center. It is in Tempe. Now it's right against the freeways, but it is hard to because you got to come off, you got to get to the light and turn back around. So make sure you go to rosieonthehouse.com in the landscaping category. Get the address 1919 West Fairmount Suite 5 in Tempe, and they've got a beautiful new design showroom with areas for training and install if you're looking to do it yourself you can get all the education uh we talked in the landscape outdoor living hour at eight o'clock about raised gardens that's right make a great raised gardens and there's all and you don't have to do a a rectangle one look up a keyhole garden it looks like an old-fashioned keyhole so where you walk into the center and you know 80 percent around you is surrounded by gardens so you don't have to walk around in circles. You can stand in one spot and pivot, you know, 360. You don't even have to bend over. And just, right. Yeah. It's stand-up gardening. <laughs> so that's a great uh, great do-it-yourself or if you're looking to do an outdoor kitchen, whatever the case. But do look up the address if you've never been there before so you're not driving around because they are open on Saturdays, but most of that industrial complex is not, so you can tend to get lost in there. So until next Saturday, if you have questions about your home, castle, or cabin, rosieonthehouse.com or you can give us a call that number we answer all week 888-767-4348